Welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of Owning Her Health. This is episode 16, 16 already. I thank so much for the feedback that we're getting. I am Dr. Lisa Holland, integrative physical therapist, your host for today, women's health coach extraordinaire, uh, medicine woman extraordinaire, and I am bringing that to you today in this episode. This is one of my favorite episodes. Uh, They're all going to be my favorite episode, I know, because every single time I do one, it gets better and better and better with my guests. But today I'm going to be speaking on something that is my juju. This is this is my work. And I and I think that even though it was underlying belly guru all along, that as I mature as a practitioner, and definitely as I move into mentorship for some colleagues and getting some women together, I'm seeing more and more of this, the concept today of the of the double goddess concept. And this work that I do looking at that is also blending in the masculine. And I, I'm getting some of this from work by Vicki Noble. Vicki Noble is who I know of who brought in that concept of, of the double goddess and her work. She's, she's, you know, healer, intuitive healer, uh, teacher, artist, co-creator of, of the mother piece tarot desk. She has books, the Shakti woman, mother piece, a way to goddess through myth, art, and tarot, um, rituals and practices with the mother piece tarot. So she's into kind of, um, more of that shamanistic, uh, mysticism of a woman. And I'm really into that through the yoga. And I think it's just wonderful. And today's episode is, I'm going to show you, I'm going to try to, again it's a big big concept I could speak hours days I'm this is probably what my book's going to end up being on um and and many books maybe of that the idea of owning back our mysticism our wonder you know Einstein said pretty much and I'm paraphrasing but you know when we as human beings give up wonder when we reduce the science to that of negating wonder we're basically living empty and and um I'll put that direct quote on the show notes, on the lips and show notes. But in the interim, if you are finding it hard to not necessarily just even understand being a woman, because really, you know, who who really taught us in school? Uh, that's one of the reasons why I have this podcast and some of my services. But but rationalizing and understanding, not only are you woman, but you are actually just as a human being, so divine um, and, and able to co-create with this universe your life, then I'm going to send you over to today's sponsor, which is Audible. Audible.com is basically a wonderful way for you to get all your yummy information like me on the run on your MP3. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from in every genre. I'm going to send you over there. Unfortunately, Vicki Noble's books are not on there. I searched over there, but Lisa Nichols, books are. Um, Lisa Nichols is a great inspirational speaker in terms of she has a new book up out about abundance and bringing that into your life and these concepts of co-creating your life with the universe and the energy. Gabby Bernstein's another one of men, uh, mentors. I am a spirit junkie. Um, and Marianne Williamson, of course, A Course in Miracles, who actually very much, very much inspired Gabby Bernstein. So those three goddesses do have audible uh, books there. They do have audio books on audible.com. So go on over to my show notes after listening to this and get your yourself uh, after you've taken your notes and maybe get some inspiration to really rev up and celebrate who you are, not only as a human being and able to co-create, but as a woman, as a female with an extra, you know, that XX chromosome, that extra dual goddess, that double goddess chromosome actually empowers you to even have heightened 
uh, ability to receive and and to and to contribute in this world so go on my show notes that's audibletrial.com slash owning her health and you will get a 30-day free trial plus a free download um credit so you can get one of these books and get started so owning her health is on right now Welcome to this episode of Owning Her Health with your host, Dr. Lisa Holland, PT. Join Lisa as she starts the conversation on what it really takes to become a healthy, wealthy, and whole CEO of your life. Listen in to real talk by real lady leaders in all walks of life as they open up on personal health stories, wealth, career, and feminine abundant living. Learn how to grow by owning your body, expanding your mind, and aligning your soul with the purpose only you can pursue in this world. Happiness begins with owning her health right now. So the idea of the double goddess and for those of you who are new to my podcast, welcome, um, because this is, if you are into self-declaration, if you are struggling with financial health, relationship health, physical health, um, you know, uh, emotional, psychosocial, anything like that, working on your purpose, this is the episode to introduce some of these concepts of, of really owning her health or owning your health and, and understanding that, that energy and really celebrating it and just really hopefully leaving here with a consideration how awesome you are and, and also maybe a little remorse and, and desire to really change the way uh, we bring the next generation up to celebrate their femininity through the ages, through their transitions in life. Um, today we're talking about the double goddess that, that Vicki Noble, um, an author and healer and, and teacher and artist and, and co-creator of some of intuitive work and, and some wisdom work brought together that concept. But what we're really talking about is the idea of understanding ourselves and maybe looking at things such you know, such things we don't really, at least in the American culture, um, I know, you know, Western versus maybe some more traditional Eastern or maybe even some more very, very traditional uh tribal customs in terms of celebrating the onset of puberty and what that all meant, the evolution of menstruals, of self-reflection of the maidens, of the mothers, of the matriarchs. If you follow me, uh, if you're new to me, the, the guru goddess tribe, you know, that whole concept is our inner guides, our inner guides that we really do have uh, uh, an ability to connect into. And I'm of a belief from working, you know, a while with with hundreds of women and even with the men and, and understanding myself and my own journey that we have a way to tap into that young joy uh, through our emotions that that inner child that young maiden that mother and that mothering instinct you know the birthing the wanted to create and and then the matriarch that wise women older you know I think some shaman concepts go into the old crone idea and and that doesn't sound as attractive to us but if we really really understand some key key aspects of our womanhood of what defines us and that xx chromosome that right there is that that double that duality that's just double the good you know there's a significance there and we need to celebrate it 
So I remember in 10th grade, I don't know if anybody, I'm, I'm going to, I'm 44 years old. So in 10th grade, we read this book, I think it was 10th grade, Brave New World uh, by Aldous Huxley. And it was a very Orwellian type of, you know, dystopian fiction, looking at the errors of our ways in certain ways. And, you know, the, the idea, you know, when I read, when you read the description now, it's really kind of super scary, but one thing that I got out of that sort of feeds into what we're going to be discussing here in the duality of ourselves, our darkness and our light as women, and, and, and really our bipolar nature that, that Vicki Noble brings in, and not in the sense of a mental disease. You know, that's, that's our, our, our reductionist uh, diagnostic labels, but in the, in the duality of ourselves and our feminine wisdom. And in that book by Huxley, he was speaking of an earth where our very thoughts were monitored, you know, mind speed, where the, the babies were mass produced in factory, like, you know, this came out in 1931, 1932, after, you know, the Model T and Ford and, and all of that mass production was sort of really taking a shift on the psyche. And, and, and he spoke of reproductive technology and sleep learning and psychological manipulation and classic, classic behavioral conditioning and I gotta tell you as a as a business owner and as a woman watching from a very you know interoceptive and extroceptive inner and outer experience and being mindful in my approach to life and work yeah that's what feels like exactly what we have right now so it's kind of a scary reality when more and more of these dystopic fiction, sci-fi, thrillers, stories of my past are, seem to be what I'm looking at every day. But what I remember the most and what was one of the most uh, profound things in, in my you know, 14, 15 year old head was that that story disconnected. In some way, I noticed that that story disconnected the roles of men and women. Um, you know, no longer was there this, it, it was talking about a caste system. It was talking about, you know, this alpha caste system. It was talking about, and to think, you know, 31, 32, we're talking about somebody who's looking at Hitler and all of this other stuff going on. And, and you can kind of juxtapose or, or put that against what's going on now. And it, it kind of is a little scary, but it shows to our, the rep repetition of our human nature. But, you know, T, speaking of the intelligence of, of the ethical dilemmas of science and the way they were basically, you know, the sleep talk and hypnotizing people in their subconscious state or unconscious state for their conscious actions and behaviors to be thought of as their own, but they're actually not. And taking the woman out of the humanity making the man, you know, making humans in that because they were all hatched out of like a factory egg and there was no relationship in that way. And it was all based upon like what your use or your image was in terms of your value to the world. And I remember just that part that it's quite interesting when you look at the idea of the double goddess being really us taking that XX chromosome and understanding that that's us in our um, duality, but our own autonomy, our own ability, you know, coming into our own, looking at ourselves in the mirror. And even more so, if we look at that against what we have in nature, how much that XX and that, you know, looking at ourselves in the mirror and seeing ourselves in our sisters you know, the ability to see ourselves in our sisters, in our, in our literal sisters, in our daughters, in our mothers, in our friends, our girlfriends, in our grandmothers, in the woman who's our neighbor, um, 
that innate ability really was our strength, really is a strength, is still our strength, but we are devoid of that. We're similar. We somewhere along the line, we detached in a very similar way that, that, you know, and it has to do with somewhat of our role. You know, we, we, as we are getting this girl power, this woman power and taking ourselves out of what we knew to what we didn't know, there was some fractioning, there was some fractioning of real core within ourselves and within us in society. And I'm not going to man blame because you know, there was a society and that's how it was, but there were many goddess cultures. And in fact, uh, Vicki Noble went around in writing her double goddess book, like eight years going to different ruins where there was, you know, goddess temples and archaeological discoveries of that, of, of a time and places and cultures where they did not objectify the female form. They actually feminism and, and, and the female was a subject, an important subject to be discovered because of the wonder and because of the creativity, just like the universe, in awe of it. And so if we were to reclaim that within ourselves, if we were to look at ourselves and look at the onset of menses as the welcoming into that creation, it's almost like reminding you of who you are then, and that's what we're going to talk a little bit more into, into getting. Um, I want to go back to the ideas of, of duality and where we could take that, just duality in looking at all the levels of it. So not only do we have this XX chromosome, and again, this is just a discussion to get things going because it is so complex and I can talk for hours and days and years and, and it probably will be where I spend the rest of, of my, my work in women's health as a focus. But if we go and look at that and what that means, you know, we have a lot of symbolism in looking at ourselves. One thing that yoga is very nice with is looking at the microcosm of us and the macrocosm of the universe and seeing them as mirrors of each other. And one way is looking at symbolism and traditionally looking at symbolism. I know, you know, when we do our archaeology studies, let's say of Egypt, you know, the Egyptian, we, we know the whole culture and they worked all on these symbols and, and some of their hieroglyphics. And, and that's the way we used to communicate. So there's validity in that. And looking at, you know, there's a reason women have the symbolism of earth mother, but we also have moon mother that right there, earth and moon. And there's this, almost this holy trinity with the sun and the sun's a very masculinized, um, symbolism, right? Ra in Egypt and, um, you know, the halo of that aura and that around Jesus Christ and things like that. So there's a masculinity in that, but two thirds of that holy trinity, the earth and the moon and the two thirds of that is a, is a feminine, is a feminine depiction of that. And they do have a certain dance, right? We can all know, we all know our tides and our bodies work on these cycles that are not man-made. They are universal made. They are higher intelligence made. So think about that. Take that into consideration that nature is showing us that there is the earth mother and the moon mother and then the sun father, right? There's also, though, the symbolism of water 
And water being a very dominant force along with land. So we are not only of the land and of the earth in our symbolism, um, even in religious circles, right? Mary, Mary, the, the, the mother Mary, the, the blessed virgin is actually queen mother in my Roman Catholicism of the earth. We pray to, you know, Mary, um, queen of the world and mother nature. And so not only is that of the earth and the land, but we also have the symbolism of water and flow and that feminine curviness that, that, you know, that, that circular motions and fluidity of our body and the fact of even our menstrual flow, this is then goes into that tie, this reminder of our menstrual flow every month. And we have to look at that. The more we, more and more we learn about ourselves as women and see ourselves as a reflection of the amazingness, of the awesomeness of the universe, this universal wisdom, how everything came of water, right? Everything didn't come of land. We are, our science shows us everything came of water and everything came of the universe falling down elements to become the things that went into the waters, to become the things that then came out of the waters and became us as humans and animals and things like that. So it's really, really amazing. And the more we study that macrocosm out there, all those stars and this real microcosm or macrocosm within us when you look at it and we're looking at the gut microbiome, we start to see again, we are basically, even just as humans, right, a reflection of what we see out in the world and out in the universe because we have an ecology. We have, you know, we have an importance of the marshes and the water uh, levels and the sea creatures and how that affects our water drainage system and our over, you know, when it rains and, and being able to make sure we don't have floods and things like when we study the gut, if you look into the microbiome, as they call it, of the gut, you start to realize our science, there is more bacteria. There is more to us that is not human cells. We are actually the parasites on this gut microbiome, to be perfectly honest, on these bacteria. So when we start to look at that and then layer on, not only are we that, but we are actually the feminine form, the female form, the XX, the dual double goddess form, this double, the earth mother and moon mother powers, the, the, the fact that we get reminded every month in a flow, you start to really say, wow, there's a significance there. There's a significance in me just being born a woman. I don't have to prove it. I don't have to make sure I, you know, am being better than any man or woman on my team. I am a woman. I was born with this monthly reminder. This monthly reminder, let's think about that. Let's take it, okay? Our nature of a woman, because that's probably the biggest way, right? We see ourselves with this monthly reminder, this period, and, and, and it's a big factor in our health. And it's our tie into flow and it's our tie into water and emotions and cyclic cycles and even roles on this earth of service and significance in terms of humanity going on. So let's look at the concept of menstruation. First of all, we have to understand that we, human women, somehow took control through our menstrual cycle. Uh, 
universal intelligence took control of us above all other animals in that way. And that's the only way I will say that we are above or below our, 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 our animal brothers and sisters, the rest of them in the animal kingdom. Because there's lots of times that they act much more with compassion and, 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 in, and in harmony with the world than us. But I will say, when we did that, because all other animals, all other female animals, they mate at estrus. They go into heat. They are synced. Their sexuality is synced with their reproductive psych- reproduction. Okay? And to some extent ours are with hormonal shifts, but what we did... What humans or the conscious, you know, the universe did for us that made us more powerful in many, many ways and is our power is that we could, with having menstruation and ovulation at different times in a month, we, in effect, controlled our desire and engagement for coitus, for our, our sexual intercourse, Right. Uh, it wasn't, we, we, we became more masculinized, more, more masculinized in that way. It was almost, I almost looking back, I feel like that might've been the, the first little shift into us learning masculinity, becoming that, you know, greatest form of empathy is almost, you know, be, be able to experience what somebody else is experiencing in terms of being able to understand them, but not actually having to be them. And this is almost like that. We were receptive to, you know, having sex all month now. It wasn't just. And another thing that's really interesting is it also, you know, the animals bleed during estrus to say they're ready to mate. When we bleed, we tend not to mate. That's not when we want to mate, right? We want to mate mid-cycle when we can produce. And then we have this other time where it's like, you know, naturally, not that, you know, everybody has their picks and chooses, but in general, you know, not to be mating during men. So that's a very different thing. And it gave us a cyclic behavior. And it, and, and what that cyclic, even more amazing is that that cyclic behavior was timed to the lunar cycles of the universe, of the moon cycles. If you are healthy, if you are a healthy woman, you will be in alignment with the phases of the moon. Now, I've noticed this two ways. It's not always the new moon when you get your period. It might be when you're half moon, but you are definitely on a cycle with that moon. And I do find that I myself, when I've done detoxes or I've been on a healthy, I have been close to that new full moon kind of taking that same cycle. And that is amazing. Do you understand that? That is amazing. We, that is proof. We are meant to be of the cycles of the universe. We are connected. We are divine. This is our sacred nature. And that is our power. Now think of it this way. Some cultures get it. Some old fashioned ritualistic, some people might even call it savage customs get it. But it's not. It's smart. It's actually celebrating womanhood and and, and the sacredness of it. And now think of our culture, at least here in America. And I'm I'm pretty sure it's like that in Canada, at least in North America, South America. I'm sure they've been Americanized. I know it's that way in Europe. It's very medicalized. What have we taken away 
What have we allowed to be taken away from us? We've medicalized birth. We've medicalized menstruation. Hell, we're, we're to a point where we don't want to be inconvenienced with seeing that thing. So we'll go on a special pill to only give ourselves four times a year. And we have female OBGYNs saying that's perfectly fine. There's no problem with it. I beg to differ. I beg to differ because I see very, very sick women. I see women who are so off on their cycles. I see them not sleeping. Not only their moon cycle every month, but every day. Their day is night. Their night is day. Their cortisol is all over the place. Their stress response is not peaking and getting them up out of bed. And it's keeping them up high wired at night. I'm seeing their hormones off. I'm seeing them on years of birth control, having infertility issues, um, being told by the pharmaceuticals that it has nothing to do with them. I'm seeing the effects of us disregarding that alignment and that cyclic behavior. And actually the effects maybe of us just demonizing getting our periods. I can tell you right now, I cried. I personally cried on the day that I got my menstrual. Um, I don't quite know why. I don't know if it was fear. I don't know if it was dread. I just remember my mother had very bad experiences during menstrual cycle. It just looked like something that was scary, maybe not discussed enough. I don't know. But I, but I, but I hate to say it, but I see women today, my age, still doing that to their daughters. I see them not really discussing it. I see them saying, oh, that day of sex education, showing that picture of the egg being released and then, you know, very perfectly falling in and, and, and be producing a period. I think that's enough. And it's because they have, they're not resolved with their own cycles. They're not celebrated their own. They dread it. I mean, we live in a society where we won't even say the word, our period, our friend, flow, right? We'll joke, we'll sell products. People are making millions of dollars off of you being shamed every month for having something that actually would remind you how awesome and connected to the universe and sacred you are. So then we might say, well, you know, how can we really expect? We have all this girl power, all this women's power. We're fighting, marching on Washington, marching all over the world. And then we expect a young girl watching us with this dread that comes over us and this dysfunction that we have from many, many levels. But it does, there is a factor of interoception and in our perception of, of threats to us and that causing stress responses and that throwing off our hormones and that feeding into a lot of different things. So there's something that we can actually um, own even in that. And I'm not saying blame. I'm just saying that we have a power. You can't say that whenever it is something that you don't want to do, all of a sudden somebody's blaming you and that they're taking away your power. It's actually the fact that either you have power or you don't and you own it all. So how can we expect to have somebody understand as a young girl coming up from a very neutral force, okay? When we are young, it's a very neutral male, female. We're kind of all the same. And then all of a sudden puberty's hitting and we are drastically split. We are ripped from that neutrality and we're watching this dread. We're watching television commercials, you know, not speak of it. 
and we are, you know, bleeding has been made, you know, again, you know, the Band-Aid and the this and the that. And everything's so scary to anything that happens. That's just the natural cycle. And, you know, if you looked at the science of it, you, the bleeding is cleaning it. And then you have the fibrinogen come in and you have all this, this you know, chemistry happen in our body. And it's pretty kind of cool. Um, but we want to cover it. And we want to, you know, we have this big thought of, of it being scary. And we've medicalized everything. And, and um, so now we fear it. And with that fear comes more pain because there's a level of fear in the brain that decides whether or not the information that we're getting in there and, and what we're, the anxiety over what's going on is a big threat to us. So we've, we, we as a society have that and we as women need to own that. But it's because we don't have anything to look forward with it. We don't really understand the power of it other than the fact that, oh gosh, it means I can get pregnant, which also in our mind might at a certain place in our life when we're trying so hard to like, you know, go out there and be the maiden and fight for our place and do our career and be so focused on that. Um, or even at home, right? Maybe we're with the kids and we need to be so perfect at that. And we need to be this or that and, and find this significance outside of just owning where we are in our energy. How could we not have dysfunction? I'm going to tell you as a women's health coach and, and health provider um, with pelvic you know, complaints and gynecological issues, we have a big problem. There are a lot of young women being put on birth control pills to quote unquote balance out their hormones or quote unquote help them with their awful, they're in really bad dysfunction. It's not just because they don't want to get pregnant and they want to, you know, have an excuse. I'm sure there's still that, but I'm really seeing people like in dysfunction. And there's, again, many things, many layers, estrogen disruptors in our uh, body care products, beauty care products, in the, the things we're washing our, our homes with and the carpets and this and that. But there's also this fact that, you know, we're going into it. There's no celebration. In fact, it's looked down upon because there's such a preoccupation with making sure that if your vocation is motherhood, you know, that's just like awful, awful thing when, when it, or, or you're supposed to figure out how to do that vocation on top of a second full-time vocation, such as being a lawyer, a doctor, an accountant, a teacher, or something like that. Um, so you can see really where the layers of the dysfunction go. And so we say, well, you know, how can I celebrate it? I mean, I feel awful when I get my menstrual cycle. I feel awful. And I'm going to tell you something. We have come to that being a norm. We just assume that women, it's normal to feel awful. Oh, it's just my period. Oh, it's just my, I remember my mom used to say that. Oh, it's, I'd be in like depression. I had like anxiety because I was like so stressed out as a type A kid wanting to be perfect. And, um, you know, it's just your period. Like I'm supposed to like be like really, really anxious or depressed because I, it's, it's my period. Like that's my, like my, my ball and chain. And I tell you, women feel awful during their cycles for one reason. Their cycles are not healthy. They also feel awful during puberty, um, you know, trying to understand. It's a lot of psycho social stuff. It shouldn't be such huge physical stuff to the extent that I see it. And neither should menopause. In fact, if you look at different societies, yes, it's the diet and yes, it's this, but it's also the acceptance. You know, in this, in, in America, my, my grandmother, my grandmother's generation and an older grandmother, I guess a little bit, but I would have to say that, um, yeah, they would pop a squat and give a birth to a kid, not because they were just so much, you know, 
more prepared, but there was just so much less fear in that. There was so much less, you know, when we talk about medicalization, unfortunately, while we were saving, you know, really serious things, we also made everyday things seem more serious than they are and needed to give them a diagnostic code to get covered. And some things are not diagnostic. Like when you're pregnant, that shouldn't be a diagnosis of unhealthiness or disease. You are perfectly fine. You're just, you're actually heightened and you're, and you're pregnant and you're giving birth to another human being. So, you know, when, when, and I want you to think about this in your own life. If you have had menstrual dysfunction and you can write me, you could put it in the show notes. You can privately um, send me information, Dr. Lisa Holland, PT.com, uh, contact page and, and just write in there, whatever you want to write. But, um, I have to tell you that if you've been in a dysfunction, there's usually another dysfunction going on. There's something going on physically needs to get looked into. Usually right now, there's a big stress response problem, throwing off hormones. Maybe it's a digestive health problem, leaky gut issue, feeding into things, um, sleep cycles and, and other things like that, pain cycles and things like that. Is there a problem in your relationships? Relationship health, very, very super important in terms of a total woman's health or abundance in your life. You know, wealth and abundance are two different things. Abundance has many, 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 many vestiges and health is one of them. Relationships are one of them. Uh, you know, finances, stuff going on, finances, our primal need to feel safe in general. And you know what? And the period is also a very tie into, you know, wanting to have a baby or not having a baby, not having that family, wanting to have that family, having that family, right? Having that family, having that responsibility. We got to think of all these things. Periods should not be painful, people. Menstrual cycles, they're water balance, but you shouldn't be the extreme that you are so bloated that you cannot put on rings, you cannot put on shoes. This is a dysfunction. This is a sign of maybe toxicity in your body. Horrible headaches, toxicity in your body. These things are not necessarily because of, you know, just everything you have to have. You got to be looking at different levels. And that's very important to understand because that means we have control. We have control over that and and we don't have to demonize that cycle and we can start celebrating it again and and maybe not put ourselves, which is a whole nother conversation and I don't want to get into that too much uh, because we are, this is a big topic and we're already coming up, I think to about a half hour mark, but you know, birth control pills and I'm going to do a whole nother segment on that, but um, you know, what that's doing to our health. You know, we're go championing, you know, championing, championing, I can't make the words, making it a champion <laughs> of, uh, you know, having the right to manipulate, we say control, but it really is a manipulation, guys. And you have to understand that. And I'm not saying don't take birth control pills, but when I hear from my teenage daughter that some of her peers are popping into a local drugstore to go on, you know, pop a plan B, like it's a, it's a uh, breath mint and to be careless with their body and unsacred with their body and careless about, you know, future health, you know, just really quick gut health. Big, huge detriment. Science coming out with, science is showing big, huge detriment with birth control pills. That is the foundation for your immune system. You want to help and make sure we don't get cancers and autoimmune diseases and stuff in our 30s and 40s? Then you need to be looking at what you're doing in your teens. 
So, you know, this concept of looking at that dark and that light and that pain and that duality, all of that is part of our story, women. All of that, the woman's story, the, the feminine power comes from us claiming that. Yes, claiming that pain of, uh, of childhood, of um, childbirth. There's an empowerment there. I went through two births. One was very medicalized and, you know, I was doing, you know, I worked for the hospital. I was very medicalized, just come out of, you know, medical education, healthcare provider education with physical therapy school. I'd done athletic training. I was very methodical. I was doing everything. I looked great. I only gained 28 pounds for all intents and purposes. Wonderful. And I had a really traumatic birth experience for many, many things. I'll get into that in another episode, (laughs) but, um, it led my path. I took my power out of that. Belly Guru came out of that experience. Looking at my mother and her dysfunction with her periods came out of, you know, Belly Guru came out of that experience. It was it was taking the pain, flipping it, and empowering that story of womanhood, of going through something that no man can understand, nor have that power of that flip into something amazing. So, you know, what are we looking at here? What are we looking at here? I'm going to end it with the idea, and hopefully I got some wheels turning on just, you know, really kind of rethinking that. I'm going to go, you know, where does this take us in terms of the double goddess? I believe there was a split. And I want you to think about that and what you think about that. And give me some feedback on the show notes and and, and emails and, and posts on on either my Dr. Lisa Holland PT page or over on an Instagram post that that might inspire you for this. Um, There's a split in that XX, in that looking at our sisters as mirrors, in that deep trust we had very traditionally with women's circles and the medicine woman and and the, um, we went into polls. And it happens someplace, I think, with with coming into our power. And I'm not saying anything we did was wrong. I'm not saying anything society did was wrong. I think it was a necessary part of the process of our evolution. And we have to remember, in terms of time, you know, in terms of universe's time, our blip from the 1960s or 50s till now is just so minuscule. <laughs> so, you know, in the big picture, a small part of the transition, much like winter is before another spring, um, puberty is, you know, going from childhood into, into adulthood. Um, but there was this internal demonation. Instead of sticking together, And looking at women who took the vocations of motherhood and then looking at the women who took the vocations out of the home as the lawyers and the doctors, um, more uh, non-traditional female roles or even people who worked in traditionally female roles, just teacher or even housekeeping or something that was maybe more of an ease and understanding. Um, But we took these people that decided their vocation was not going to be motherhood primarily and people who are people who were barren and childless, and then people um, who was go- who were going to make motherhood. So that's two groups, and then people who were going to decide that their career out in the world and their service, their birthing of a business or birthing of a career was going to be their primary vocation during their twenties, and maybe even the thirties. And we began to demonize and make a polarization within our own tribe. We began to split 
that XX or that double helix and looking at our sisters in distaste. And really it was a reflection on ourselves. Were we not enough? And we need to own that because that's going to be our path back into our wholeness and into our feminine power and into our reclaiming of what it is that defines us in that unification ultimately with not only just a unification within our own feminine power between the different vocations and the different roles and the different ways we view our sisters and ourselves, but within our own masculinity, which we've well practiced for many years now. And, and in that way, when we resolve that within ourselves, our dual nature, our bipolarness of femininity, we can then bring in that duality of masculine and feminine in a very understood way. We could then neutralize it again, much like our childhood, but at a higher level of understanding after a life well played, after experiences, after great wisdom. So that when we join together again in this neutrality, which I really feel older, senior, elderly is, I think it's a place where we really surrender to our middle ground again and we really neutralize it. It's the completion of that full circle from our childhood. We can teach the men in our life. We can teach the sons, the fathers, the brothers, those we want to walk side by side with to the unique healing power of them owning and learning their feminine. They're entering in this awkwardness right now, I see. I see it as them entering what we might have been entering in the 50s by really radical women and definitely in the 60s. And, you know, the burning of the bras and all this other stuff. We're seeing that as I'm working from home and I'm going to be a stay-at-home dad. We're going to, they're going to go through their sufferings now, but you know who needs to step up? The women. We need to step up like we did in the forties when they were off to war and that was not our role yet. And we need to step in and we stepped in very nicely, guys. We, 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 we stepped in very nicely and seamlessly and that's where we're at now, but it's at an energetic level. And so we need, I'm going to leave it at that, not to get too long on this podcast episode, but I'm going to leave it at what can you do? What can we do? What can you do for yourself to have that internal bonding with all the facets you are, especially if you're a Generation Xer right now, because I feel like we are so the, um, the goddesses that need to step up. We need to be the guides and the leaders now. And maybe to some extent our mothers, but our mothers are at a different phase and energy in their life. They're a different cycle. And um, we're now with the wisdom that we can take that. We might have held our medical degree while we stayed home with our kids for the past five years. What can we do with that? Let's get creative. Let's use our feminine attribute of creativity. We are the creation universe power. Um... Let's go back to female bonding. Let's start making the women's circles again. Let's start mirroring each other's wisdom instead of highlighting and, and, and jumping upon each other's pain as, as, you know, the mean girl syndrome, right? It's got to go. It's got to be done. Mean girl comes from our, you know, it's like bully, right? Bullies bully because they feel bullied. We need to stop doing that to ourselves. We need to stop doing that to our sisters, How can we change our confusion over our roles and our energies? 
by reclaiming and honoring when somebody wants to be, you know, their primary vocation to be a mother and understanding that and, and, and also honoring when somebody's primary vocation is not to be a mother for whatever reason. And then owning when they're blending it. I think those are the bridge builders here, guys. I think it's the people who are blending it that are figuring out a way because they're inside, their inner goddess tribe is asking them to step up in a different role and they're not going to just stay tied to the one decision they made in their 20s or their 30s. They have that free, that's true freedom. When I can wake up and I made an Instagram post over at Dr. Lisa Holland PT, one, one of these uh, past week, I think last week or so, last couple of weeks where I said, you know, when I can wake up and own it, like when I can do what I want to do, when I have the choice to do whatever the heck I wanted, that's what freedom will be. That's what success is. That's what, you know, the, the feminism is an equality. That's the definition of it. It's this, it's understanding this, the power of this, both in our women and in our men. So I'm going to leave you with that big topic today. Like I said, this is my juju. I can talk forever, but we're going on 40 minutes here and I know that you're busy and I so thank you for being with me. I would love your feedback on this episode and what you think about all those topics that I talked about. Um, you know, we're going to get into some of these tidbits on some of my other, you know, goddess conversations, uh, one-on-one with you guys on these podcasts because it is such a big, big conversation. And like I said, it's probably going to be a book or two or three, maybe for me and many other women. So thank you so much for being here and I will see you next episode of owning her health in a couple weeks. Take care. Thank you for listening into this episode of Owning Her Health with Dr. Lisa Holland, PT. To learn more about her personal and professional development service, visit her online at drlisahollandpt.com. 